This is the Black and Blue Report presented by SeatGeek. Here are your hosts, Cindy Robinson, Caroline Gonzalez, and Ashley Amos. Happy Friday, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another Black and Blue Report podcast. We're your hosts, Cindy Robinson. Ashley Amos. (laughs) That pause, ladies. We're going to have to work on that. We're going to have to work on that It's been a long week. Friday is supposed to be like, you know, your upbeat because it's about to be the weekend. Where's the energy, ladies? (laughs) My whole laugh just came. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, somebody though. Somebody here. It's okay. We're going to wake up. We're going to wake up. Guys, exciting weekend ahead of us. We have two games, Saints game, Pelicans game, both on Sunday. We have an exciting show for you. Awesome guests joining us. Um, Sideline reporter Anita Marks going to talk a little bit about the Giants-Saints matchup. And then we also have head coach of the Indiana Fever, Pokey Chapman, joining us. So girl power today. Girl power. Every Friday, obviously, but all the time. Uh, Ladies. This weekend, are you guys going to listen to Wayne's new album? It already dropped, but I, I know I didn't finish it last night. So that's all my plans for this weekend. You know, it'll be playing in the background. I've heard a couple of songs. And Me too. I'm like, I don't know how I'm feeling about it. Ashley, what? I'm not going to say I can compare <laughs> it to any of the other ones because I, I don't remember. It's been a minute. I'm just happy to hear that he's back creating music. I like a few of the songs. I like Dark Side. What is it? Dark Side of the Moon with Nicki Minaj, surprisingly. Um, yeah. I also like Uproar. That's kind of like a, a beat song. So those are some good ones to listen to. I'm sure the basketball team will be listening to them yeah. in full force. For sure. And look the for trip. the captions galore from the <laughs> Saints team and the and the Pelicans team. You know how that goes. But yeah, are you traveling this weekend with us? I am. Okay. I will be on the road. We're going. We leave tomorrow um, to head up to Chicago. Yeah. Daniel's also making the trip. Yeah. Shout out to the producer, Daniel. And so uh, we'll get up to Chicago tomorrow evening-ish, mm-hmm. and then Sunday's game time. So you have a full trip to listen to the... Yeah, the, and then we'll, oh, fly, oh. we'll fly out on Sunday and head to Atlanta, so... Oh, you guys are going straight to Atlanta, not even coming back here? Nope. Oh. So well, straight there and play at um, the Hawks Monday night. Oh, that's right. It's a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's head it. back. Okay, yep. so we'll, you'll be back Tuesday. Yes, ma'am. Fun stuff, fun stuff. Well... I'm excited. I think, like, I talked to Jim Eichenhofer yesterday, and it kind of got me in the mood for yeah. basketball season. It yeah. got me a little pumped up. I'm right. not going to lie. Jim can do that, too. Yeah. There, there's, well, there's so just excited. something about it. Like, And I think, you know, the same with football season coming. But there's just, like, this little – with media day happening this week and, um, you know, training camp and just seeing the guys back out there. I don't know. There's just something about it. It's something in the air that makes you a little excited, a little giddy to see mm-hmm. what what's – what's going to happen this season. No, I agree. Going through media day this week and like getting to know the guys a little more, especially the newer ones. Mm-hmm. It was getting, it was exciting to think, Oh, basketball is back. Like we have more to look forward to, not just football, even though football is in full force and has me on my toes at all times. I feel like of course, fantasy football ladies, how are you guys doing in our league right now? Oh, I'm the worst at it. I just <laughs> continuously forget to check things. I think last week I played without a quarterback. I just, I'm very bad Caroline, at just checking out. you forgot to well, quarterback. I'm going to send you a text message because, <laughs> playing against me. I'm yes. going to send you a text message ahead of time. Because <laughs> Marcus Mariota was questionable, and I was like, oh, I'll just drop him. But then I didn't realize that I couldn't draft another person. And so I just played without a quarterback. It was it was a mess last week. I don't – you know, I got it together. <laughs> I got it together, though. 
Amateur move. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, There's I'm, a reason I haven't played before. <laughs> well, I finally got my first win in our league. I'm one and two right now. So it Girl. was a strong it was a strong win though. So I'm excited for this weekend. I'm going against uh our one of our social media associates, Alex. Yeah. We'll see how this goes. I had a strong start. Came out strong. <laughs> one no. And then ever since I've really fallen off. I mean, it's been close. They've yeah. been like super close yeah. matchups. Which it's has just... been like the NFL period. Yeah. I feel like the NFL season this year is so bizarre. Is bizarre. Does anyone else? Yeah, be- no, I just I feel, feel like it's, there's just a lot of bizarre things happening. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at like the Patriots losing the Detroit Lions, like, Go Lions, but right, you know that's wild. Yeah, they're one and two. Patriots one and two right now. Mm-hmm. Any and, given Sunday, any given. And then Sunday. you've got the Rams. The Rams looked amazing they last look Thursday so night. Golf had four touchdowns in the first half. Okay. Did y'all see that picture of him throwing and he was like holding up a four, like with his opposite hand? It wasn't on purpose, yes. but they put it out. That was really funny. I Not a rookie anymore. With five. Not a rookie anymore. But I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of. I, I, the, I can't even describe the it. It's LA, just so bizarre. Wait, the LA native in me loved the the YG celebration with Robert Woods after his touchdown. <laughs> I was here for all of that. And then I remembered, I don't want to see none of that when they come here. I know, they look <laughs> good. Play, we still have to play them again. We, there was a preseason game, but it didn't mean I will good. say one thing, too. I feel like this season is the season of, like, young quarterbacks, yeah. young players. Yeah. You, you're really seeing a bunch, you know, with Josh Allen, Mahomes, you know, in his Mahomes in his second year, right? Yeah, kind of Mayfield, rookie, quote unquote, yeah, yeah. May, Mayfield, Mayfield making yeah. Him. You know, I think that's makes football exciting. It's kind of a new generation I was coming say, yeah, through. New era. Yeah, new yeah. era. Although we're still here for Mr. Drew Brees. Oh, I'm still here for this era all, for sure. All here for that. <laughs> Wait, speaking of Drew Brees, real quick. Ashley did the video nine for number nine, a champion's yes. journey. She did this this week's video on Drew Brees and his yes. family, which we know if you know Drew Brees at all, he loves his family. Yes. He loves his family time. So definitely go on NewOrleansSaints.com and check that one out because I thought it was really well done. It was so touching. Ashley and I, we were here late night trying to get it out. <laughs> it was kind of a stressful night that night. <laughs> but then we sat and watched it together, and it's just one of those melt your heart moments. Like, oh. The girly side in us came out. <laughs> I mean, he, I've said this before and I'll say it again, you know, in my time here, fifth season with both teams, um, just really getting to know Drew Brees as a person off the field. He's just as phenomenal right. and just as amazing. And so is his wife, Brittany. Brittany is, they, they work together as such as a team mm-hmm. and a tandem and everything they do. Yeah. And I'm currently in the process of working on the next episode, which is all based around community. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing to see how much they've given back to this city and what this city means to them. And so, yeah, definitely check it out. Recommend it. And most people don't get the chance to know them outside of, you know, know him outside of football and know his family life other than pictures and see what they do in the community. So it's great that you're able to, you know, the whole digital video team is able to put this documentary together and share his story and show the real background history behind Drew. Yeah, I think one thing that really has kind of spoke to me about just this series and about who they are as individuals and who Drew Brees is as a person. One thing they said was, and him and his wife both believe this, that anything they touch, they want to leave it better. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just such a cool outlook on life, you know, and just they're so passionate about Mm -hmm. helping people and making things better than when they, you know, yeah. when, when they leave, that it will be better than when they arrived. And yeah. I think that is just something that's such a cool quality to have. And 
we're lucky to have him as our quarterback. Yeah, Ashley's killing it on both sides. Yeah, I was about to say she Pelicans outside of the paint. Yeah, she did the Drew Holiday and then then Drew Brees. It's just you know tugging at the heartstrings. There you go. There you go. Well, we can't talk too long, ladies. We gotta get to our guests. Joining us now is Indiana Fever head coach Pokey Chapman. You like to be called Pokey, right? Because I see your your first name is Dana. I don't. <laughs> well, uh, I'm legally Pokey. Okay. I, u- I used to be Dana, so I'm legally Pokey. No one knows Dana, so I'm fine with Pokey. Can I ask where the Pokey came from? Well, I think I was just a little chubby kid, and it just <laughs> kind of stuck with me, you know? Uh, and I've been Pokey ever since, and probably legally changed it about 15 years ago. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us. Talk a little Pelicans basketball. We're getting ready to get into the season, preseason, obviously, but you guys just finished your season not too long ago. Are you excited about the NBA season coming? I am. <laughs> you know, I'm fortunate to be in a, a franchise where there's a, a big brother program in, in the Pacers, so you get an up-close and personal look. And then I live here, mm-hmm. so I get an up-close and personal look. Uh, I have some ties to some people. Uh, Becky and I coached in Russia, and now she's on Pop's bench in the front of the bench. So for me, it's like Christmas um, in October when the, when the season kicks up. So uh, it was just a natural progression to come here and bring my staff, watch a little bit of practice, and uh, learn the game and try to get better myself. What are some of the things you look for and try to observe from these practices? Obviously, you're a coach and you've been a coach for a long time. So how are you kind of still learning the game? Well, you know, the, the trend is NBA, NCAA men, and uh, then it comes to WNBA women. So we just try to get ahead of that curve. You know, like six years ago, I think it was the stretch four. Uh, and then we drafted Elena Deladon. So you just get a peek into the trends in basketball, um, you know, the pace and the space. I, I don't know if these numbers are correct, but I, I think the Pelicans are probably top three in pace mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. Uh, and I, a young man that worked for me, he's with the Lakers now. I think they were top three as well. So we try to go to those places that are having some success with younger players, uh, blue-collar players, mm-hmm. uh, just trying to make sure that we're on point, but also picking up some new things. You saw a lot of open support, um, in my opinion, on social media this year for NBA guys really supporting the WNBA. What does that mean to the sport, uh, especially for women? Everything, uh, and I think because it was truly organic. Mm-hmm. I don't think we had to manipulate it. Uh, you look at some of those guys who have 42-inch verticals still have an appreciation for a female that can make the pocket pass mm-hmm. or land mm-hmm. on two feet and pass fake and shot fake. Uh, it always comes down to those fundamentals uh, regardless of how talented someone is. But I, I think uh, it's been huge for us. It's the best advertising tool mm-hmm. there is. <laughs> now I know you. your big brothers are the Indiana Pacers, but you were at practice yesterday or in the day before yesterday. You've been at like all week. Both, right. What has stood out to you the most about the Pelicans in those few days, or who has stood out to you the most? Well, I I think the process of um, you you get a a sense early on that coach wants to play fast, uh, and that's stressed throughout, Mm -hmm. Uh, not at the expense of other areas of the game because just like everyone else, they're working on defensive actions and the breakdowns, how regarding pin downs and step-ups and the whole nine. But the the prevalent theme – was the fact that they're going to play with some pace, not chaotic, mm-hmm. but with pace, uh, but also just the grit. You know, I, I think what, you know, every year is different. When there's free agency, mm-hmm. people leave, come in, you draft, you trade, but just that blue-collar mentality, yeah. you know, you got some hungry players that's been a few places and mm-hmm. they've proven themselves and now they're here and you can tell uh, in that regard. 
What are some of the things that you would kind of suggest to those players who have been in the D League or overseas or things like that for so long and are still trying to make it in the NBA? Well, I think it goes back to be who you are, be a star in your role, number one, and that role can grow. I think sometimes players, they want to make it so fast yesterday that they forget their true identity. So really be a star in your role, but then also continue to work on uh, those parts of the game that are obviously successful to teams and players and what coaches are looking for, but specifically the team that you're on. Mm. You know, you may be a, a an average three-point shooter, but if that's not what's being looked for here, if you need to be a defensive stopper, then kind of just channel your energy towards what's needed. Right. Speaking of identity, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started at LSU and things like that? Yeah, I, I got started in basketball when I was – 10 years old playing started coaching when I was a teenager for an AAU program here and was just doing it to make a little money mm-hmm. and enjoyed it um you know I'm a little bit older I think I just finished my 26 year of coaching so I wasn't thinking about going into coaching the WNBA did not exist mm-hmm. so I wanted to go to school you know, and get into business uh, school and then all of a sudden there was an opportunity on the staff at LSU and I thought I would do it for a year until I got a degree, <laughs> a second degree. And lo and behold, 26 years later, I had an awesome opportunity to play there, coach there, go abroad, and now the GM and head coach of the second WNBA team. Throughout your evolution of like being in the sports industry and seeing how many women are starting to evolve in different positions, like now that we're seeing women coach in the NBA and we're seeing women call NBA games, what does that mean for you? I mean, you know, they, they can't see the smile on my face. <laughs> it gives me this excitement and positive pause. Uh, and also along those lines, um, it, it's unique for me when little boys come to our games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we become the genesis of their love of the sport and why they want to be in it. Because, you know, we're a little bit different. You can get a little bit closer to us. It's mm-hmm. grassroots. You can touch, talk, right. all that good stuff. But just in terms of the women leading, you know, I have a boss, Kelly Kroskoff, that's the president of the MB2, the, the the gaming team and the Pacers. And, mm-hmm. you know, part of it was because she was on the ground floor when they started the WNBA. So the ground floor of that and just to be the only female doing that, uh, it just makes me smile and I try to promote it and let people get a peek at it. For our fans listening, why should they watch a WNBA game? What makes it unique? What Why should they tune in? Well, why not? <laughs> yeah, that one, I, I will start first with, uh, I mean, the obvious is is the, the, the play. You know, these are some of the best players in the world, and their skill set uh, will attract you if you appreciate purity in basketball. And, yes, a few players can dunk. Uh, but last I checked, it's still only worth two points, so <laughs> we'll, we'll give it what it's worth. Mm-hmm. But also the fan experience, and not, 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 not that I took it for granted, but it's, it's really different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, you feel it, you're close to it. Uh, and bang for your buck, uh, you get a lot there in, in regards. Uh, and I just think the whole grassroots nature of it, and just like the NBA, some of the you know the community development and community outreach mm-hmm. uh, to a different demographic of people, I think makes it special. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You are amazing, and I appreciate we appreciate you coming and joining us today. Well, thank you, guys. <laughs> Anytime. And good luck this year. Thank you. You too. Up next, we're chatting with sideline reporter Anita Marks, but first, a message from Sanderson Farms. Who do we champion at the Sanderson Farms Championship? We champion the children of Mississippi. 
Each year, all championship proceeds go to charities across Mississippi, including Batson Children's Hospital. Join us October 22nd through 28th at the Country Club of Jackson for first-class golf, fun, and good, honest Sanderson Farms chicken, all to raise money for charities like Friends of Children's Hospital. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for your tickets today. We are now joined by ESPN sideline reporter, fantasy football analyst, radio personality, basically she does it all, <laughs> Anita Marks. Anita, thank you so much for joining us. No, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Not sh- not sure if you you ladies are aware of this. I lived in New Orleans for three years. Oh wow! No way. When was this? Yeah, I, I I fell I fell madly in love and uh, and I moved to New Orleans. Um, I lived in the French Quarter uh, with a guy that owned a coffee shop right on the corner of du- well, we lived on the corner of Dumaine and Dauphine. Wow. But okay. he owned a coffee shop called Nine Forty Decatur Cafe which okay. is right down the street from Cafe Du Monde, and it used to be right across the street from this other coffee shop called Caldi's. Okay. So, um, so I, lived, I lived in the French Quarter for three years. I worked for the Fox TV station, Jim Gallagher. I was Jim Gallagher's producer. No way. And, um, yeah, so I was, I was there, and, and let me just say, like, probably one of the best three years of my life. Like, I just love New Orleans. It was just, it was such an amazing experience. And, New newfound appreciation for jazz and blues to the yes. point where I have five dogs. Mm-hmm. My oldest is named Billy after Billy Holiday. Aww. My first boy is named Satchmo after Louis Armstrong. Aww. And my baby is a long-haired chihuahua with blue eyes, and I named him Frankie. I think oh. you so. just described the New Orleans fantasy. Like, <laughs> right. Every person's dream of New Orleans. <laughs> so, um, so New Orleans has a very, very special place in my heart. So this is this is awesome. I'm on with you guys. Thank you. Too bad this game isn't here in New Orleans this weekend. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'd love. Uh, man, I, every time I go back, last time I was there was for the Super Bowl. Ooh. Oh wow. So I'm. So I know. So I'm due. I'm yeah. due for. I'm due for another visit. That's for sure. Yeah, you'll have to come see us here at the facility and maybe come on the show again at another time. (laughs) Okay, so Anita, you are actually doing the sideline for this game. Let's talk a little bit about this matchup. It's a lot going on. There's a lot to look forward to. A lot of young, well, mainly the youngest player that I think a lot of people are looking forward to seeing is Saquon Barkley. Can we talk a little bit about his evolution so far throughout the first three games? Really, because I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Alvin Kamara because <laughs> I, I I have I have him I play in twelve fantasy football leagues. Oh, I want to say that I, I have him gosh. I have him in ten of my twelve. He was he was the one player this year in fantasy that I said if ever there was a time you didn't want to draft first that you want to draft like around six or seven. Mm-hmm. It was this year because I really I really coveted Alvin Kamara. This was this was the the running back that I wanted on my fantasy football team. So um, I, I'm I'm in love with this kid. I, I, I think he's absolutely spectacular. You saw how he was able to be utilized in the passing game last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and just to kind of, you know, to dive into Saquon Barkley, this is why I was so excited that the Giants went out and drafted Saquon Barkley is because mm-hmm. I, I, I think Saquon Barkley's talent and his skill set is very similar to what you see with Alvin Kamara. It's just unfortunately because the Giants don't have a good offensive line, we haven't seen – I don't think we've seen the best of Saquon Barkley yet. I don't think we've seen Pat Shermer, the head coach of the Giants, really tap into all that the Giants can do with, with Saquon Barkley. But, yeah, he's young. He's exciting. There's a lot of buzz here in New York about him. But I'd say out of, you know, all the talent that you see in and around the NFL, I would I would closely – I'd say that, that 
Saquon Barkley uh, can emulate what, what Alvin Kamara is doing in New Orleans here in New York for sure. You talked about the offensive line. Obviously, there's been some key injuries. Um, it's evident that Eli's not getting a lot of time in the pocket. What do the Giants need to do to correct that coming into this week's game? Yeah, you know, they, they tried to correct it last last week. Mm-hmm. So so the Giants went out and when a different, different regi- regime that was here that drafted Eric Flowers, number nine overall from University of Miami. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you ladies know this. In everything, there's politics. Mm-hmm. And when you have a first-round draft pick, um, it's really a very difficult situation for an organization to bench a guy that they drafted in the first round. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did last week. They benched Eric Flowers. You know, They had him. They drafted him number nine overall. Mm-hmm. He played left tackle for the Giants for two years. New regime comes in. Dave Gettleman's here. Pat Shermer's the new head coach. They gave him an opportunity. They moved him to right tackle. They gave him an opportunity to see if he could better his game and better his performance, and he couldn't do it. So he got benched last week for Chad Wheeler. Now, J.J. Watt came in three sacks mm-hmm. on Eli Manning uh, via Chad Wheeler's side of the line. But at the same time, if you go back and you look at that tape, Chad, Chad Wheeler, he's, he's, he's a baller. He's a grawler. He's like one of those guys that, okay, I got beat by J.J. Watt, but I'm going to pick myself up, brush myself off. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go back into battle. It's something that you don't see with Eric Flowers. So Eric Flowers was benched. This, this offensive line played better against the Texans last week, because, I think because of that. Also, you mentioned injuries. They had injury to their starting center. So they bring in a, more of a veteran, a journeyman, who's now playing center. So I think this offensive line, with the moves that they made last week, I think is better. But I still don't think that they're in the upper echelon of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I still think that they're in the lower. And when you've got a quarterback like Eli Manning, who doesn't scramble, can't scramble, isn't too tremendously athletic, that's a problem. Yeah. And so I, I think a lot of this game is going to come down to the pressure that the Saints defense and, and, and their front seven can, can put on Eli Manning and this offensive line, I think that's I think really that's a big part of the game. Anita, I can't lie, I'm still a little bit in shock that you are running twelve fantasy football teams because yeah. I'm struggling right now with one. I just told the ladies here that I forgot to start a quarterback last week. So the fact that you're managing twelve is just like mind boggling to me. But uh I try to I try to tell people like you know like so it's so it's funny I do have some the, I have some people who are like I don't want Anita in our league that's not fair <laughs> well it's, I, I mean but it's it's because it's my job like my job right. I'm a fantasy football analyst for mm-hmm. ESPN like it's my like this is my where you think about it some people you have they're like they're in their cubicle at work right and they're like they're hiding in their cubicle trying to log on to their fantasy football <laughs> team to see right right so their boss doesn't catch them like i don't have that problem like i'm online all day long like managing fantasy football and so in some instances it's not fair but since it's my job it kind of i don't want to say that it's easy it's definitely it's time consuming um i am not a fun person to date during football season because <laughs> i have no time for anything or anyone else except my except football but um but yeah, I mean a lot. You know, I, I try to explain to people it's twelve. It's a lot, but it's also it's my job. Maybe so. that'll be my excuse now. I can't. I don't have time to date because right. I need to focus on my fantasy. I was going <laughs> to say we definitely can relate. We definitely can relate. But Anita, I do have a question about uh, Saquon Barkley. We saw in the first week he was barely targeted, but in the second week or this week we saw him set a franchise record for 
um, receptions. When do you think the Giants are going to kind of start to figure out how they can utilize Saquon the best? Yeah, I mean, a lot of that, again, I'll go back to the offensive line. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that is everything. because Eli Manning's not getting any time. Right, yeah. Right. So, 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 what are your options there? You know, like it was interesting. Odell Beckham Jr. spoke to the media this week and said, "You know, I'm still not at the top of my game." Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, he's coming off of he, he broke his ankle last year, and so he said, "You know, the one thing about Odell Beckham Jr. is like he's so quick off the line, and he creates such great separation with him and the DBs, even if it's a five-yard slant or quick slant right off the line, or a five-yard out or a curl route, whatever, whatever the case may be." The separation is there. By him communicating that to the media, it's telling me that he feels it's not there. So those those quick little short three-step passes from Eli Manning to Odell Beckham Jr. have been few and far between. So now they've got to find another way. And I think that's what happened. That's what we saw last week in regard to Saquon Barkley and getting the ball to him from outside behind the line of scrimmage. And again, I I don't I don't I don't necessarily think it's what the Giants want to do. Mm-hmm. I think they'd love to like hit Odell on a fly route down. I think they'd love to hit um, Sterling Shepard on a 12-yard square in. You know, I, I think I think you know hit their tight end who no Evan Ingram this week by the way because of a concussion. Rhett Ellison is going to be the starting tight end. Uh-huh. You know, hit him on like a seat like a 10-yard seam right. Like I think that there are other plays that the Giants would love to do, but because of the offensive line, you know, there's they're stuff that they can't do, and that's and that's that's it's a fact and it's unfortunate, and that's why I really think this game comes down to a few things. Number one the pressure that the Saints defense can get on Eli Manning and can they win that battle in the trenches against the offensive line? And also how good is How good is, how good is the Saints? Let me ask you ladies this. How good is the Saints linebacking core? Okay. That they're going to be able to cover a, a guy, a guy like Saquon Barkley. Do you know what I mean? Like, like how that's, that's really what it's going to come down to is do they have an athletic cover linebacker or a really good, strong safety who could come in and and kind of eliminate Saquon Barkley from the equation. There's very few teams who have that that caliber of player, and if the Saints have it, well, then that's a plus. So I will say that's something that they're all working have been working on throughout the you know the beginning of the season. They're tweaking things here and there. We do have linebacker Demario Davis, who has already made an impact on the team, and also the addition of Kurt Coleman in the safety position, and then you still have Marcus Williams back there. I think. The defense for the Saints have been experiencing a few struggles, but all in all, I I think this week of practice they've been you know watching film and getting whatever together they need to. So hopefully we'll see those corrections so that they can stop Saquon. Because I mean, like they have Alvin to practice against and get themselves ready for someone like Saquon. So I would hope that they have that. You know, <laughs> I can't. I'm not in the in there every day with the players in the you know in the film room and in all of practice but i would hope that they're working on perfecting that well how do we how do we get you in there you know you know coach Peyton, what's up <laughs> what's up <laughs> no um we do go into practice but you know it's like media availability time you see only a few things you don't really see the full force of practice but that's definitely something the defense has been expressing that you know they, they've been starting off hot, and then they fall off in the second half, Marshawn said that yesterday uh, to the media. So I think it's 
it's all a work in progress. Well, but I think I'm, our line. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ashley. Oh, I was just going to say, I think you also have to look at, you know, if Eli can get protection and, um, you know, the deep ball becomes a threat. That has been a problem for the Saints secondary this season. They've given up a lot of plays. I think 20 yards, they've given up you know, multiple 20, mm. over 20 yards yep. p- passes down the field. So I think that if he can get protection, that is definitely something that um, is a bit of a weakness for the Saints yeah. right now. Well, something I wanted to touch on too is that you mentioned Odell Beckham, but like we have seen in a surprising fashion, I would say he has yet to score a touchdown. Now, this game, I feel like considering how the games have been with Ashley saying like, you know, our corners have struggled a little bit with the deep balls. Like if, if he says he's not frustrated in media, he's telling people he's not frustrated about not scoring a touchdown yet. But if he goes this fourth week without scoring one, do you think the frustrations will begin? Um, I think he's frustrated. I think he's trying to be on his best behavior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <That's my laughs> Political. I, I think I, you know, knowing Odell, you know he he's he's such an unbelievable competitor, and he loves to contribute. You know, I mean, heck, the team's paying him ninety-five million dollars, and he still hasn't found the end zone yet. That's, you know, to me, that's a red flag. It's yeah. a problem. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong there. You don't pay you don't pay a player ninety-five million dollars. Right. Um, of course, I, I want to say what sixty something of it is guaranteed, but still. The, the contract is ninety-five million dollars. Right. You don't pay a player that kind of money who's not finding the end zone. So, I, I think it's I think it's really crucial that he does find the end zone this week. I I, I feel, you know, I, I talked about this game, um, on a on a gambling level, uh, yesterday, and so a few things. Number one, I I do believe the Saints win, so I'm I'm taking the Saints minus three. <laughs> Another thing is I love I love I love the over in this game. I think there's going to be a ton of points that are going to be scored in this game. Like mm-hmm. I agree. Like I, I'm looking like 58, maybe 62 points that are going to be scored in this game. I think I think this is going to be like a, a barn burner of a game. Are, are you guys Are you guys feeling that as well? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I do think it's going to be. I think if uh, you know our offense can get going, yeah. I think it's going to be. I mean, you look at last week's matchup against the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was basically up and down the field, back and forth between both teams. And so I think you know, looking at the defense and on both sides of the ball, and you know, again, I think like you said, it comes down to those trenches on both sides. Uh, will there be penetration at the line? You know, will they? Who's going to win which matchup? Mm-hmm. And but I, I agree with you. I think it will be a shootout. And you've seen Drew Brees, who is going to do absolutely whatever he can on his side of the ball to make things happen. And so whatever happens on the defensive end, he is going to put as many points on that board as possible in order <laughs> to guarantee his team the win. And we can't forget the receiver Michael Thomas. Is- having a record-breaking what is it no records are safe volume three (laughs) like he's having a record-breaking season already and we're only three games in so this for sure will be an interesting matchup yeah you know very interesting um michael thomas and another wide receiver that i i really wanted on my fantasy roster (laughs) so i i I have a really large percentage uh of him on my fantasy team same i do too Um, same same I think I think a lot of people underestimate just how amazing he is on third down. Mm-hmm. Like like I don't I don't think that there's a better wide receiver in the NFL that helps a, a team move the chains on third down than Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he's really really unbelievable. That's number one. Uh, and number two, so Mike Westoff, your special teams coach, mm-hmm. is probably one of my favorite humans on the planet. Uh-huh. Um, I I. 
I love that man like a father. Um, we work together. So, so he, he coached with the Dolphins, and then he coached with the, the Jets. Then he retired, and him and I did radio together. And then Sean Payton called him and said, hey, I want you to come out of retirement. And he was like, okay, twist my arm. Okay, yeah, I will. And so <laughs> this, is, this is his second year with uh, the Saints as your special teams coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say enough wonderful things about this man. And I talk to him quite often. And he has said to me, and keep in mind, he's been in legal. I mean, he coached the Dolphins with Dan Marino. He's been around a long time. And he flat out told me that the way that Drew Brees conducts himself, practices, mm-hmm. studies, plays, hands down, Drew Brees is the best football player he's ever been around or that he's ever coached. Wow. Wow. How about that? And this is, this is, this is a, can believe this is a it, veteran though. coach. I can this believe is a guy it. That, like I said, he's been around since Dan Marino. And he's told me that Drew Brees, hands down, is the best football player he's ever been around. I, I think that speaks volumes. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Actually, before we let you go, to help Caroline out here, <laughs> she needs some fantasy help. Anything is appreciated. She, yeah. she, needs, she needs to pick yeah, up a quarterback, I think, <laughs> because she had Marcus Mariota, and obviously he hasn't been, you know, the one to start. So, uh, no. Caroline, you have any questions about <laughs> that you want to ask me? What, should I be checking my fantasy app every day? Is that, <laughs> I mean, obviously you do because that's your job. But like, what day specifically should I check my fantasy? Because that's the worst part. I'm terrible I, on Instagram and Twitter. I can check it all day long, but when it comes to fantasy football, I don't check it. Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday morning, so, Sunday evening, okay, or Monday so, night. You're so funny. Okay, so so a few things. Number one, to answer your question about the quarterback, yeah, you have Marcus Mariota. The dude has nerve damage in his <laughs> arm. He can't he can't he can't feel a football. Not the guy you want to have on your fantasy. Noted. Roster. Noted. So, so so first and foremost, I would eighty six, uh, Marcus Mariota. Two quarterbacks that I liked this week. Um, one is Case Keenum, Denver going up against Kansas City. Kansas City is giving a ton of fantasy football points to opposing quarterbacks. Number one, because their defense is so bad. And number two, just like keeping up with the Joneses, you got to keep up with the Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to look at game flow. And I think Case Keenum is going to be throwing the ball a lot. So I love Case Keenum in week four. Also, I love Andy Dalton. I think the offensive line for Andy Dalton is going to give him a ton of time back there against Atlanta. And I think Andy Dalton passes for over 250 yards and maybe two to three touchdowns. So, so either one of those quarterbacks are available on your waiver wire. I would play them over Marcus Mariota this week. And in regard to how you how you manage your your fantasy football roster, you know it's interesting. Like you know, people will drop certain players randomly. Mm-hmm. And so, like the other day, like somebody dropped Greg Olson. Well, he comes back after this week. So and Greg Olson's Greg Olson's like a top five tight end. Yep. So so my like if you really want to win your fantasy football league, my advice is like at least take like fifteen minutes out of your day every day and go check the waiver wire. Go on board and look and see like all right who's who's expected to put up the most points and then there's an area all right who's most owned mm-hmm. in fantasy football and then there's another area and it's like who's who's who has been picked up who, who's been added the most this week. And I look at all three of those categories just to see, like, who's out there? Who's available? Is there, is there somebody out there that's, 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 you know, better than any of the guys that I have on my roster? Mm-hmm. So, but obviously, Tuesday night is, is the important night to put in your ad drops because they go through on Wednesday morning. Um, and then you really, really want to start paying a lot of attention to your fantasy team on Friday because you have the injury report that, come out, that comes out on, on Thursday. 
So you have a good idea in regards to, okay, like, for example, right now, Larry Fitzgerald's dealing with a hamstring issue. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. Mm-hmm. So if you have Larry Fitzgerald as your, as your wide receiver, there's a chance he might not play. You need to have a guy ready to go on Sunday if he's not, gonna, if he's not going to play. Thank you for that. Thank you, because I didn't check that. I have him. I'm usually better about this, but I didn't check that one. There you go. So, you know, it's it's those things that you just, you you know, if you really want to win, you you really need to check your your teams and your rosters. It'll take like 10 or 15 minutes out every day and and, and assess what's going on for sure. Noted. Well, thank you, Anita. I really appreciate it. Are you going to have the Ryder Cup on all weekend? Of course I am. <laughs> Are you kidding? Are you kidding? I mean, man, what a great weekend this is going to be for Tiger Woods and, and all these guys. Are and you, man, it's just, you, I don't think you could have written a better script. Tiger Woods winning the tour championship. And, and prior to that, being selected. Can you imagine if, if uh, Jim Furyk would not have selected Tiger Woods for the Ryder Cup team? What a tragedy that would be! Him coming off of a, a tour a championship and not playing in the Ryder Cup, like I think it was one of the best decisions that 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 he made. And now we've got that kind of excitement, and Tiger Woods now on this team heading into the Ryder Cup that's being played in in France. I, I just I, I think it's going to be an amazing weekend. It's going to be so great. She does it all, everybody. Golf, <laughs> fantasy football, football. Is there some basketball in there too? <laughs> Uh, well, no, no, considering that the Knicks are here, no, I don't think. Say no more. We understand. Say no more. Yeah, I don't I don't think we want to talk about the Knicks. <laughs> anyway, you. so are, are, are any of you, are you guys making the trip? Are you guys going to be in New York? No, I'm, Ashley is traveling with the Pelicans because we also work with Pelicans too. So Ashley will be traveling with the Pelicans to Chicago. And then Caroline, okay. Caroline and I will be working from here. So from New oh, Orleans. So, well, yeah. I, well, I'll be on the sideline. So look for me. We yes, we'll wave to you. <laughs> and if you ever come to New Orleans, you have to, you know, come visit us and come hang with us. Absolutely. Don't threaten me with a good time. I'm there. Oh, we won't. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. You got it. You ladies have a great weekend. Thanks, you too. you too. Great talking with Anita. Definitely got us excited about the game. Before we get into the broadcast information, we just want to extend our condolences to LSU family and the family of Wade Sims who passed away today. Um, definitely a tragic situation. And Saints and Pelican family are praying for you all. Also, going to send our prayers to Sharif O'Neal, who will be undergoing heart surgery and sitting out his freshman year. Luckily, they found out his heart issues, the UCLA checkup. So he'll. They're taking care of everything they need to take care of, but definitely sending our prayers out to them. Now you guys can tune in to the Saints versus New York Giants game this Sunday at 3.25 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Should be a great game, guys. Got to pull our Saints in, so make sure you're supporting. Pelicans at 6 p.m. on NBA TV as they face the Chicago Bulls in their first preseason game. This is Sunday. So after you watch the Saints game, put on the Pelicans game and support your Pelicans in their first preseason game. And then Monday at 6.30 p.m., you can watch the live stream on pelicans.com when they face Atlanta. And obviously, every game for Pelicans will be on 99.5 WRNO with Sean Kelly and our very own Daniel Salerson. He's all giving me the head nod right now. (laughs) Make sure you guys tune in. There's no reason for you not to be listening or watching something. Thanks for tuning in to our Black and Blue podcast. Until next time, enjoy your weekend, everybody.